Welcome to episode 7 of the Stories and Wisdom podcast. Well, my friends, it has been quite some time since the last podcast episode of Stories and Wisdom. I'm really excited to start this back up in 2021. Last year, of course, we got hit with the pandemic and everyone went into lockdown mode. So I wasn't able to meet up with my buddy Jake to finish this Snow White Part 3 episode. And it's been quite some time, but I'm excited to start this up because I I have some newfound motivation for this podcast. Again, for myself, most of my work is in doing soundtrack music, ambient music, and music for the church. Um, So that's basically what I'm working on. A lot of film music and stuff like that is my main uh, vocation. Uh, But this is just more of a passion project and I love analyzing story and fairy tales and relating it to theology and philosophy. And so I'm I'm excited to start this up again and uh, pumped that you guys are here with me on the journey. So let's dive into part three of our Snow White fairy tale analysis. Again, if you haven't watched or if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, definitely check that out. Uh, This is going to pick up where we left off last time. So I'm going to dive right into the Brothers Grimm text right now. Here's where we left off. Then the queen looked at her with a dreadful look and laughed aloud and said, white as snow, red as blood, black as ebony wood. This time the dwarfs cannot wake you up again. And when she asked the looking glass at home, looking glass, looking glass on the wall, who in this land is the fairest of all? It answered at last, O queen, in this land, you are the fairest of all. Then her envious heart had rest, so far as an envious heart can have rest. The dwarfs, when they came home in the evening, found Snow White lying upon the ground, She breathed no longer and was dead. They lifted her up, looked to see whether they could find anything poisonous, unlaced her, combed her hair, washed her with water and wine, but it was all of no use. The poor child was dead and remained dead. They laid her upon a bier, and all the seven of them sat around it and wept for her, and wept three days long. So if we just dive into a little analysis here, uh, just a quick recap. Obviously, this is um, another time that the queen has tried to kill Snow White by um, all these tactics that she has done in the past. And finally, it looks like she's successful here. Uh, Just a couple ideas. Obviously, we're seeing that evil intent of the queen and her motivation uh, in order to take out Snow White. Finally, she gets the answer that she wants from the looking glass that, oh, queen, in this land, you are the fairest of all. So she always wants that purity. She wants to be the most beautiful. She's, again, obsessed with vanity, obsessed with appearances, and she does anything in her power in order to be the fairest of all in the land. Now she gets what she wanted. Uh, We see that the dwarves are very upset and even, again, Um, As we look at that last line there, they laid her upon a bier and all seven of them sat round it and wept for her, wept three days long. Again, three days is classic in mythology. Three days is also classic in theology or when we look at the biblical narratives as well. Obviously, when Christ was crucified, he was in the grave three days, rose on the third day, right? So these kind of ideas there are always present. Back to the text. Then they were going to bury her, 
but she still looked as if she were alive and still had her pretty red cheeks. They said, we could not bury her in the dark ground and they had a transparent coffin of glass made so that she could be seen from all sides and they laid her in it and in golden letters wrote upon it her name and that she was a king's daughter. Then they put the coffin out upon the mountain and one of them always stayed by it and watched it. And the birds came too and wept for Snow White, first an owl, then a raven, and at last a dove. So if we just take a look at this for a sec, the dwarfs didn't want to bury her in the dark ground. So there's this idea also that she still has this aspect of life in her, especially when we look at that she still had pretty red cheeks. They didn't want to bury her in the dark ground, so they got a transparent coffin of glass made so that she could be seen from all sides. So it looks like the dwarves have hope in a way. And uh, it's very interesting to look at the way that they handle her body and putting it in the transparent coffin. It's cool too to look at the birds that came and wept for Snow White, first an owl, then a raven, and at last a dove. And of course, the dove has always been a symbol of the spirit, especially in Christianity with the Holy Spirit. Let's continue with the text. And now Snow White lay a long, long time in the coffin, and she did not change, but looked as if she were asleep. For she was as white as snow, as red as blood, and her hair was black as ebony. Again, we're seeing that she still has life in her. Back to the text again. It happened, however, that a king's son came into the forest and went to the dwarf's house to spend the night. He saw the coffin on the mountain and the beautiful Snow White inside it, and read what was written upon it in golden letters. Then he said to the dwarfs, Let me have the coffin, and I will give you whatever you want for it. But the dwarfs answered, We will not part with it for all the gold in the world. So just a note here, we're seeing that the dwarves really do have integrity, and they have this true love for Snow White, which is really awesome because it looks like, again, we will not part with it for all the gold in the world, no matter anything that money can buy, no matter any materialism, value of gold, it's not worth parting with Snow White. That, that's what they, they say right here. Let's go back to the text. Then he said, let me have it as a gift, for I cannot live without seeing Snow White. So the prince is seeing the purity and beauty of Snow White, even as she is looking like she is dead or asleep, she's still emitting that pure radiance and that beauty of purity. I will honor and prize her as my dearest possession. As he spoke in this way, the good, good dwarfs took pity upon him and gave him the coffin. So obviously there was trust established there. I mean, it seems pretty quick um, for the dwarfs to trust him, but obviously they saw that he was genuine. Back to the text here. And now the king's son had it carried away by his servants on their shoulders. And it happened that they stumbled over a tree stump. And with the shock, the poisonous piece of the apple which Snow White had bitten off came out of her throat. And before long, she opened her eyes, lifted up the lid of the coffin, sat up and was once more alive. Oh heavens, where am I? She cried. So we see there, it's interesting that the dwarves didn't bury her in the dark ground. They left her in the transparent coffin. And now look as fate played plays out, right? We're seeing fate play out. Something that seems so random. Again, 
it happened, they stumbled over a tree stump. It just happened, right? So there's that idea of fate and that idea that there is a plan here. And that's very interesting. The apple comes out of her throat. Now she's alive. And what is the first thing she says? Oh, heavens, where am I? Back to the text here. The king's son, full of joy, said, you are with me and told her what happened and said, I love you more than everything in the world. Come with me to my father's palace. You shall be my wife. And Snow White was willing and went with him. And their wedding was held with great show and splendor. But Snow White's wicked stepmother was also invited to the feast. Very interesting that they invited her, but that maybe shows their character. When she had dressed herself in beautiful clothes, she went before the looking glass and said, Looking glass, looking glass, on the wall, who in this land is the fairest of all? The glass answered, O queen, you are the fairest, sorry, O queen of all here, the fairest is you, but the young queen is fairer by far. It is true. So we can imagine what the stepmother is feeling about this one. Text here. Then the wicked woman uttered a curse and was so miserable, so utterly miserable that she knew not what to do. At first, she would not go to the wedding at all, but she had no peace and must go see the young queen. And when she went in, she knew Snow White and she stood still with rage and fear and could not stir. But iron slippers had already been put, on, put upon the fire and they were brought in with tongs and set before her. Then she was forced to put on the red-hot shoes and dance until she dropped down dead. And that's the end of the Brothers Grimm version of Snow White, Little Snow White. So we see, let's look at that last paragraph. We're seeing judgment being inflicted on the queen, the stepmom. Okay, very interesting. So if we take a look at this, at first she didn't want to go to the wedding at all, but then she had no peace, so she had to go see the young queen, Snow White. When she went in, she knew Snow White, she, but she still had rage and fear. She could not stir. She was still so upset um, that Snow White was alive and was the fairest of all. That goodness, that purity won in the end. Evil did not win. This is classic in mythology, classic in the biblical narratives or any philosophy. Good triumphs over evil. Classic ideas here. But iron slippers had already been put on the fire. So if we have those that idea of the hellfire, right? Hell and judgment, right? For evil, right? For, for the queen, the stepmom here the evil queen. They were brought in with tongs and set before her. So her judgment is set right before her, right? Then she was forced to put on the red hot shoes. These are burning hot shoes over fire. Again, ideas of hell, ideas of hellfire, and dance until she dropped down dead. There's an idea right there. The evil queen, her whole life played a dance with the devil. She danced with the devil her whole life in the way that she treated other people, in the way that she was evil and malevolent, in the way that she was egotistic and self-centered. 
and self-interested. She was so focused on her own vanity and her own ego. And look at that last line, and dance until she dropped down dead. That is just so telling. It's so telling when you look at that story that, again, good wins in the end and judgment happens for evil. Good triumphs over evil. The, the evil queen danced with the devil her whole life. And at the end of the day, that led her to her death. Her sin, her evil led to her death and good triumphed over evil. So those are some last remarks from me um, for this part three of Little Snow White from Brothers Grimm. Definitely a solid fairy tale. And if you watch the Disney versions, obviously they'll be a little bit different, more kid-friendly. The Brothers Grimm stuff is pretty intense. A lot of, uh, a lot of stuff like that happens. Um, I'm going to be diving into uh, some movies and stuff like that this year. Movie analysis, obviously some more fairy tales. I'm going to do more Brothers Grimm. I'm going to do some Hans Christian Andersen stuff as well. And uh, yeah, just look at some old fairy tales and then even in movie forms too. So really excited uh, to dive in this year. I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast and sorry it took so long to get new episodes up. I'm excited to be hopefully releasing episodes weekly. That's, that's really my plan. I've got to iron everything out, but um, yeah, really excited to be on this journey with you. Really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Hope you have a great day. God bless.